to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Hey, and welcome to episode 256 of the Dave's I Know podcast, Minnesota United podcast in the land, or at least St. Paul. Ever. Not- I'm, giving, I'm taking that away from uh, 551. So, um, also, uh, I am in St. Paul this time. So, David and you, you, you and I are in the same part of the Twin Cities. Well, oh, shit. Well, shit, man. Should have done this in my backyard. Um, uh, we have. Obviously, that's MJ. MJ, uh, how are you doing? You know, I spent about uh, three hours uh, pruning and harvesting tomato plants today, um, and it was very satisfying. I ended up cooking some uh, tuna pasta with some albacore tuna with uh, some green tomatoes and capers and uh, a kind of a Dijon mustard sauce uh, with some white wine. It was very delicious. All right. And we have Jess. Jess, how are you? I am well. I am here. It is a Monday evening, and already it feels like it should be Thursday, but that's just my life, and I'm living it. Well, there you go. Um, I will just say we have, uh, uh, we just dropped. So last week, about halfway through the week, I dropped the. Uh, Patreon preview, EPL preview podcast in the pod in the podcast feed. Obviously, recorded a podcast last week. Um, we'll be coming hot and heavy because the the loon season. There's only eight games left, and I think there's only like six weeks left. Mm-hmm. So we'll be going hot and heavy here until the very end. Boom, um, boom, boom, boom. I believe on the 19th of September we're going to have our uh, friends uh, Lacribs and Maggie join the podcast uh, in person. Finally, um, the uh, Dark Clouds silent auction winner, um, Andy Schletz and his uh, beautiful, much better half, Maggie, um, who literally I've, I've met Andy very briefly. I've never met his wife, but I'm sure she's more more beautiful and a much better half than he is. So we're just going to assume that it doesn't take much when, it, when you're talking about Andy. I mean, that is that that is true. And then then we'll be in the playoffs and then the offseason. So um, it's going to come real hard, real fast. I'm you know, we'll see how things progress uh but yeah it's i'm very excited for the sort of run into the end of the season so let's talk about a match that just happened minnesota united fc2 austin fc1 this was a this is an interesting game um for both austin and minnesota uh big i think the big talking point for minnesota was that uh, dj taylor started on the left for kamar lawrence who was not in the lineup I didn't see if it if this is a, a I'm assuming this is something he picked up uh, like an injury he picked up during the week in practice because he played um, pretty well the week before. So my guess is that DJ Taylor stepped in for him for something, that, you know, a niggle or something that he picked up 
in practice. But that was pretty much the only change for Minnesota. Lude, Ariaga in the midfield, and then the the front four as they have been for the lot, you know, most of the this really good run of of games for Minnesota. So yeah, we're on fire. And sometimes I think like I don't know, since I have they've been on a winning streak and I've been on a not attending streak. Um they hope. I, some, I sometimes think that they're better off. I'm better off not attending any of the rest of the season, but that you are, you're correct. Stay home or go to the black heart. I know. Okay. <laughs> sad to hear. I'm, I'm a pretty superstitious motherfucker. So I, I would, if I, if I was on a, a winning streak of me, not going to games, I probably would stop going to games, but that's just, that's just me. Well, yes. they're also at like noon or something like the next bout. I'm like, nah. Not you don't want to go two thirty in the afternoon. Not, not your style. Not in the thick of the heat of the dog days of summer. Gross. Yeah, I, I'm it, sweating it's just be gross thinking about it. This Saturday, I, I will say this, Jess, that there, there is a Heath philosophy with starting lineups of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. This time, Kamar Lawrence was broke, so he had to fix it. But you know. Um, you, you're always willing to channel your inner heat and David will hate you for it, but I will love you for it. <laughs> you mean not showing up? Okay. Yeah, like, like don't, if it, it, if it ain't broke, don't, don't fix, don't it. fix like, it. Like, you know, if things are going good right now, why change yeah. it up? Listen, guys, you're, you're talking to the person who didn't wash their Minnesota Aurora Jersey the entire year because they didn't <laughs> lose in it. Thank God there were only six matches. Well, nine with the playoffs, and it was oh. stinky. Uh, I bet. By, the, by the end of that uh, of that championship game, yeah, and it was. And it was also. It was it also was like games. It was also like falling apart. Like the 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 actual badge itself was falling apart. Like in, I remember <laughs> I asked, I told Wes, I was like, "Hey man, like is this, this is quality is, control, man. Is this is this right?" And he's like, "No." He's like, "You should replace that." I was like, "All right, well." we haven't lost in me wearing this. So I'm going to keep wearing this until we lose and then I'll replace it. So I need to actually email the uh, folks at a Minnesota Aurora and get my Jersey, like my Jersey fix because I had a customized uh, home Jersey and I, we didn't lose the entire time in, in when I was wearing that shirt until the final game of the season. So now I was able to wash it. So now I can get it replaced. Cause I didn't want to give them a sweaty ass Jersey. That was stinky. <laughs> I definitely make sure to wash it before I, you know, going to get it replaced or whatever. Keep it and get the new one. They don't I mean, really do anything with those. Maybe they could. Maybe they could do that. But I don't. I, I'm not expecting that. Like, I'll give. It, I'll swap it out. It's totally fine. But anyways, um, it how means the, more how to you than transfer the lucky, the lucky sweat from last year to the, to your new kit. If you if you actually watched it. Oh no no MJ. So I don't wash my jerseys until we lose. So if we draw, I keep, I don't wash the Jersey. I, I hang it back up and wear it again. So yeah, like you gave them a clean Jersey. They're, they're not going to be able to transfer the lucky sweat from 2022 to your 2023 Jersey. Well, that's the thing because the lucky sweat's gone because we lost. So I washed it. So then oh, it starts again. Wow. I see. And with my Minnesota United jerseys. So it's like, when, so if you sometimes you'll see me in the Heath out Jersey, sometimes you'll see me in just my Freeburg Jersey or my Zellberg Jersey. It's because mm -hmm. like, 
we lost a game. So then I had to wash that. So I switched to a different shirt. So I, I only wear the shirts. There's a method, apparently. It's well, very much so. It was yeah. very scientific. Speaking, but he, speaking of I, I, have, I have certain underwear that I wear for games. Um, too much information. I, I, because I do, of their support. I do wash the underwear in between games. I don't I don't like let the underwear sit for I'm, for weeks and months at a time. I do I do wash it. We all know you're an athletic supporter. Yes, I am very much so. All right, let's actually talk about the game. We spent way too much time um, talking about my underwear habits. Um Arizona United <laughs> 2, Austin FC 1, as I mentioned. You're on a winning streak. You haven't DJ, washed your jersey. That's true. I have not. DJ Taylor on the left for Kamar Lawrence. Uh, in the 15th minute, we get a Reynoso free kick that goes just wide. And I always say just why I say just fucking wide. It almost yeah. beat the wall, um, which is great. 23rd minute, um, our and Jess's uh, boyfriend, Ethan Finley, uh, commits a, a foul on Emmanuel Reynoso in the box and draws and Reynoso draws a penalty that he puts away in the 25th minute with a, uh, a really great um, penalty kick. Brad Stuver guessed right, but Reynoso had just put too much power behind it, and that gave Minnesota the lead in the 25th minute. Whoop, whoop. I have nothing to add. Okay. Uh, in the 36th minute, we had a, a really great Fragapane attempt that he just, just barely missed. Uh, in the 45th minute, uh, Benitez had a just rocket of a shot that was saved by Stuber off of a corner from Reynoso. Reynoso um, played the ball out uh, away from the goal, and then I think there's a cross to Benitez, who is coming, who's just like barreling in, hits the shit out of the ball. Brad Stuver just gets a hand on it, makes the save. About a minute later, there's a uh, Austin FC attack. DJ Taylor concedes a handball, which is a penalty, and Jerusi, Sebastian Jerusi, uh, the leading goal scorer in MLS, uh, probably the MLS MVP front runner, steps up. And uh, buries the penalty in the 40, uh, 47th minute. So second minute of stoppage time in the first half. So uh, Minnesota and Austin go to the um, half at tied at 1-1. But I, I would honestly, I would argue that Minnesota had probably the better run of play for most of the first half, MJ. I would agree. Uh, they looked like, even though they were conceding lots of chances, that they had better more threatening chances at their attacking end than Austin did with their whole shitload of possession at our end. Yeah. And the chances conceded were, were, you know, Dane had nothing, had hardly anything to do, honestly. So, um, all right. And then the second half, Minnesota comes out again, putting the pressure on that pressure, uh, coincides with a goal, um, in the 67, six, sorry, 62nd minute, uh, Franco Fragapane. So there's a pass back to Stuver. Um, Reynoso presses Stuver. He passes to his right. Fragapane pounces and as Castellane is the, is the defender. Um, yeah, he, he has the ball. He, and, and Fragapane at this point is probably about what 20 yards away from Castellane when he, Cascante? when, yeah, Castante, when the ball, gets to Casante and Fragapane just like just bolts in um, over his shoulder. Casante doesn't see him and he's just dispossessed by Franco Fragapane um, who then takes the ball off, off of him and then just chips Brad Stuver right in front of the Wonderwall. And um, for 
you know, a really, a really great goal. And that was some impressive, I don't know, gig and pressing is not the right word because obviously Minnesota wasn't doing that the entire game, but it was just like some very selective pressing that Minnesota has been showing themselves to do over the course of the last like, you know, month and a half or so. It's been really fun to see them picking and choosing um, because pressing takes a lot of energy. And I'm always concerned that if you're not in tip top athletic shape, if you're pressing all the time, then when you need to track back on defense or you need to like run up and support on offense, you will be tired and too tired to do what you need to do. Um, We all know psychology that when you are more exhausted, you make more mistakes. And we've certainly seen plenty of late half, late end of the game goals given up by brain farts due to Heath not wanting to make subs or people being exhausted. So selective pressing with this roster, um, smart choice, Adrian Heath, smart choice. And I think one of the things, and specifically I'll say about Franco Franco Fragapane is I think when we watched him last year, um, I think one thing everybody noticed was that that dude did not defend. Right. He did not press or yeah. he did not track back and defend. Uh, he is. And I, I, I would argue that he wasn't doing it at the level. He, he wasn't really doing it at the start of the year as well. But in the last, again, the last six to eight weeks, he has figured out how and when to track back and, de- and defend. I'm going, you know, going backwards, but more importantly, and, probably more importantly for the attacking quadrant of the, of the team that we have right now went to press um, when the team is, when another team is playing out the back. It's really excited to see him with this motor and just buzzing around the field. Right. He just sometimes looks like he's not stopping. He is, he's, he's being selective, but when he needs to be using that motor and tracking back or jumping in on the attack or pressing, you see him use that speed. And you you realize that some of this might be conditioning. He might be in better shape than he was last season, but a lot of it has to do with, you know, mentality and effort. And it's just refreshing to see that level of effort from Fragapane. Indeed. And perhaps rewarded effort. I think, well, yeah, I mean, I think part of it too, though, is, is um, <laughs> it's weird to say, but I definitely feel like uh, Reynoso was more or less checked out for the first like month and a half of the season. And mm-hmm. Reynoso has been demonstrably more checked in for the last several months. And I think both Bongi and Fra- and Fragapane have benefited from that because, and I don't know if, if you guys listen to the extra time uh, radio podcast or whatever, um, in terms yeah. of like the, the progressive passing ma- metrics, um, Emmanuel Renoso leads the league in progressive passing, which is, you know, basically, or, and it's, it's not just, it's not just passing. It's like dribbles and things like that. So it's like more or less the guys who get forward the most, Emmanuel Russell is one of the people who gets forward the most and and contributes and contributes to dangerous passes. passes, Exactly. So when you have people who are willing to run for him, 
mm-hmm. um, that opens up a shit ton of doors, right? We and we've I think if you've watched the last five or six, seven Minnesota United games, you can see that like that's very demonstrable that um, Reynoso is getting forward. He's making progressive passes and he's got two uh, fast ass dudes. And I don't, I wouldn't say Fragapani is like the fastest dude, but like he makes good runs. Um, yes. He's smart. Bongi's just fast as fuck. Like he doesn't yeah. make the smartest runs, but he's just fast as fuck. And then he runs like an antelope. Well, and we'll, I mean, we, maybe we'll talk about Mender Garcia a little bit. I, that dude is fast as fuck too. In the, the very what, 20 minutes or whatever we saw of him, like that dude is also fast as fuck. Maybe not again, making the best runs, but like Fragapane, um, he understands where the ball should be going and he makes a much better run. Bongi is just as like fast, like just get the ball to Bongi and see what fucking happens. Like wheels. Yeah. And Fragapane is much more, at least right now. Um, that's, that's to say that Bongi can't build that skill set himself. And I think he's, it's, he's gotten much better over the course of the season. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I would um, say that. Yeah. But, um, but Fragapane knows when and where to make those runs. And the problem with someone like that is that if you don't have someone making those passes to you, you're just like checked out. Cause you're like, well, mm-hmm. they're not going to make that pass. So why would I make that run? And, and right. Reynoso wasn't making those passes at the start of the season. And then something clicked for Reynoso and then everything clicked for Fragapane like and Bongi. He, he found the, the balance between the team's pace of the game and his own pacing like Venn diagram. Maybe John Martha had a really good, um, I think it was last week, a, a good post on soda soccer um, that soda soccer MJ writes for soda soccer. Now, FYI, everybody mm-hmm. goes, go to soda soccer.com. Support uh, your local talking, talking about Reynoso and, and sort of like, like the beauty of how he plays and like, he'll just check out for, you know, large pieces of the game because he didn't get, he like he was going to take a guy on and then he got dispossessed or ball got away from him or whatever. And then he just sort of like checks back and stuff. And I, you know, I think that's, there's something to be said for that. I also think that um, he, I'm trying to think of like the best way to describe, to describe this is that like when Reynosa's on, the dude's fucking on. And, mm-hmm. you know, when he's off, he is off. And so it's hard to be on all the time you know, for 90 minutes every game, um, mm-hmm. which is something we're going to talk about in a little bit with subs. Uh, so you need him on 90 minutes every game. but Or want even. <laughs> but when he's on, um, he is, you know. Unmatched. He's, yeah, easily an MVP candidate and might be one of the best uh, players in the league, you know, but again, it's, he does take some time off occasionally and, and you need to, and that's, you know, that's part of, that's part of what you sign up for when you sign up for Emmanuel Reynoso, right? Like if the team doesn't know that, that that's what they're getting from him, then that's kind of on the team for not doing their due diligence and scouting him. Like, I don't know. I would love to be on 24, seven, 365, um ask my I wife wouldn't. and my kids i am not so <laughs> there is you have to pick and choose that 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 stuff so um well but i feel like okay if i think about like renoso and his zoning out or taking you know a mental vacay 
on the pitch versus say Chase Gasper taking a mental <laughs> breather on the pitch. Right. Reynoso is fucking Zen fucking monk meditating like and still like catching flies with chopsticks and Chase Gasper might have his mouth open. <laughs> it's a good like, point. There's a difference there. Yep. MJ. Yeah. You know, just like there's a difference. Like when I take a mental break, it's very obvious that the entire pod suffers. But when you guys take mental breaks, it's like you could do this while you're sleeping and everything is, you know, beautiful. Sounds great. Sure. That's yeah. Fair. That's, that's my MJ horrible analogy. <laughs> I All was right, born well, to do this. All right. Let's, let's finish this game. So 77th minute Reynoso should have scored. He actually had a, a really a beautiful shot again. Um, uh, and then in the 79th minute, finally, uh, Reynoso and Amaria come off the pitch. They probably should have been off a little bit before that for Rosales and Trap. Uh, and Gonzalez comes on for Bongi in the 90th minute, which is um, that was an interesting sub because I don't think we've seen Bongi go a full 90. Bongi went almost a full 90 in this game. Mm-hmm. So clearly his uh, endurance is up or he thinks it's up to snuff. Which actually bodes well for Bongi going forward. I we obviously we're, we're expecting to get Will Trap back, you know, as a full time potentially player relatively soon. Came on again. Came on the seventy ninth minute in this game. Um, so the big, I mean, some of the big questions that we have is is what does the rotation look like going forward? Because we've kind of hit a a really good run of form with players in positions that they are not necessarily they weren't necessarily um, slotted in for at the beginning of the season we're doing really well. So yeah. we can talk a little bit about that. Um, let's jump. We have a question from uh, our friend, uh, Eric Grady. MJ, why don't you throw us the question and we can talk a little bit about it. Uh, thank you. Uh, Long time listener, Eric Grady. Uh, why do teams play out the back when the consequences of a miscue are so high? Stoke falls victim to, the, victim to this a lot. I wonder if coaches see the best teams doing it and they don't have the personnel. Hey, do you want to start with when that one? Or do you, you, you yeah, I'll, back, I'll... it sounds like anal. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes yeah. it can be. Yeah, sometimes I would say both the way that coaches talk about playing out the back can be very anal, and also the results can be very at- assy. Yeah, very, very ass- assy. Yeah. Ass rich. Yeah. Um, uh. And so, you know, it's almost sometimes the exception when it goes right. I mean, so you put an asterisk at at those moments when it goes correctly. Um, I will say that there are coaches that are in love with Pep Guardiola or in love with a certain style of, you know, whether that's tiki-taka, total football, or, you know, the Brazilian uh, Yoko Benito, whatever that is. They're in love with a certain style of play where they do see these really good teams able to progress the ball with short, quick passes and maintain possession. And so that means as you are getting to the midfield and attacking third, they aren't these high risk, uh, long balls that, you know, someone might be able to get ahead on, someone might be able to get a foot on, but these very easily to catch playable passes because everything's short. The thing about this is you do need the correct personnel, both 
tactically to have this spatial awareness and the technical ability to keep that possession as you're progressing ball up the field and have great field vision. And yes, a lot of teams don't have that. You know, uh, Barcelona under Pep Guardiola is this, you know, you look at their all-star team that they had, even though they were starting eight players out of their academy, you know, they had really, really good players <laughs> like Lionel Messi and, you know, uh, gosh, uh, David Dia and all these other players that understood how to progress the ball. So, yeah, I think you're dead on, Grady, that uh, people do see it being played by certain teams or certain coaches, and they want to try to do that. What is always frustrating for me, and I've seen this with the U.S. men's national team, where it seems like due to coaching, they want to play out the back with short passes at the expense of knowing when it's just time to boot it. You know, we've talked about this pod, David's talked about, you know, there are times when the loons just need to know who cares about giving up the corner. You boot this out of play because you don't know what's behind you. Um, you boot this out the, the, the sideline. You just, it doesn't matter if it goes to a friendly person. It doesn't matter. It just needs to get out. So, I mean, the reason you play out the back is I, it's twofold, right? Like if you just kick the ball as hard as you can upfield, um, the best percentages you have of winning a ball and controlling the ball are, are 50, 50 at best. Right. And more often than not, you are losing that ball, right? You see a lot of like the, the Middlesbrough's and um, Bournemouth and stuff like they will just boot the ball. You know, there's a, there's a, a um, offside in the box or, you know, they, there's a make goalie makes a save. They just boot it as far upfield as they possibly can. Um, and that was, that was the prevailing theory of English soccer and lots of soccer, <laughs> but mostly English soccer for a long fucking time was like, yeah, you know, you just boot it as far as you possibly can. And then a bunch of dudes will run into each other and try to head the ball. And then maybe after a, a third header, you get control of the ball, right? Like that's a very primitive and um, I don't know. I borderline, borderline offensive way to play. It's not even direct, man, because it's just, you're just fucking kicking the ball into an area and, and hoping that's that there's people there um, with playing out the, juvenile juvenile instead of primitive uh, juvenile and, and primitive both. It can, it can be the same. Those are okay. the two. Those are, those are kind of synonyms in this, in this regard. Um, the idea of a playing out the back is that you can control it. And yes, to, to Grady's point is that, uh, and MJ to your point more specifically is that you need the, the, personnel to be able to do it right you need center backs that can control and can are smart enough to make the decision when to boot it but you you look at a team like liverpool and today not a great example of liverpool playing great defensively um but virgil van dyke can pick out a long pass and hit mosala on the run 70 yards away after three or four passes back and forth between him and allison and Trent Alexander Arnold or whatever. So you need some, you need players who can at least, who at least are, are good enough at doing that and, and are willing to attempt that. 
in order for it to be a successful a successful system and the lower you go in terms of like the like the levels of soccer like the less you don't need Virgil van Dyke at Minnesota United or Stoke City for that matter Grady to um be able to play out the back you just need players who are willing to hit those balls and you know have a decent enough success rate but also knowing that like again it goes back to the point that MJ that you made like the they need to know when to bail and when to just hit the ball as far as hard as they fucking can somewhere on the pitch. That's not into the back of your own net. Um, and the, pro- the problem with uh, playing out the back uh, is that you get players who, uh, you know, are a little cheeky and think they're better dribblers than they are. And that is when things get bad for teams. I Yes, you get people that think they're better dribblers, and I guess along with that, they think they're better passers as well. They they see a lane to them; it looks like a very obvious passing lane, and better teams will jump that lane and 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 create a turnover there. I want to piggyback on something that David said, and that is uh, knowing when to to boot the ball, and for a team like Stoke, if you're trying to play out the back, the percentages that you might have to boot the ball and like give up playing short progressive passes versus a team like Man City doing it are going to be different, right? And I think a lot of teams don't recognize that identity. You know, like when you're a team that is trying to play a particular style, yes, how much does this style fit our players and skill sets? But also, in the larger picture, th- does that mean that we're trying to make these short progressive passes, you know, 90% of the time, 80% of the time, or is it going to be more like 30 to 40% of the time? And I think in that larger picture, certain clubs don't think about that. Like, yeah, you know, more often than not, we're going to have to boot it deep and try to get run onto the ball, or we're just going to have to kick it out of bounds um, and play defense. The other thing I'll say it too is that um, I think a lot of teams who want to play out of the back, like want to do it to a fault. And they kind of forget that if you're playing against a team that is willing to uh, counter press uh, and, and will put pressure on you, it's a lot easier to play out of the back when you're not getting any pressure, when you can pass it back and forth between your fullbacks and your son, you know, your center backs um, and then find a, find a good lane, find a runner uh, up the pitch or something like that. Um, it's a lot different when you're playing a team like Liverpool, who is also like pressuring you or a team like Man City, who will maybe will sit back a little like Liverpool and Man City are do in everybody still thinks about Liverpool as a gag and pressing team, just, you know, heavy metal football or whatever, like always pressing, always pressing. They don't do that anymore. Man City does a, a, something similar where they they will sit back and they will they will let you guys pass back and forth and then like their uh player like their forwards are good enough to like recognize when things are getting slightly lazy um you're not kicking the ball slightly as hard and they'll jump those lines like mj was just talking about and so um if you're stoke city you need to be fucking perfect if you're playing a liverpool or a man city or, or a team like that that is um smart enough to allow you sort of i don't know 
to even lull you into the sense of security. Like, oh yeah, we'll let you pass back and forth for like four or five passes. And then we're going to, we're going to recognize that you are not as good as we are and we can jump a lane. And, and then there's all of a sudden there's four guys and two defenders and the ball is going in the back of the net. So um, I think that is the other thing that it's not necessarily considered when people bitch about their teams playing, trying to play out of the back. I think playing out of the back is admirable because number one, um, the more of the field that you can see, the better as I, this is speaking, I'm speaking as a goalie here. Um, it's like the more of the field you can see, the more options you have. Right. So mm-hmm. when you're playing on the back, you're, you're passing back and forth. You, you can see more of the field. You have more options. Um, especially if you need to like, you know, boot it long or whatever. But again, it's, you know, when you get closed down, you need to have people who are willing, who, who are able and willing to, you know, dribble a ball um, or recognize when they need to, to bail on the thing. There's a great Twitter handle, um, WPIOOTBGW. Um, and I will link to this when we release the pod. So when playing when playing it out of the back goes wrong, it's it's and, it's hilarious. And if you scroll down, like the fourth or fifth, um, might be a little more uh, by the time you get to this page. But the fourth or fifth entry is is the Austin uh, FC, uh, you know, Ru- Ruben back back to Stuver up to Cascante, and then the pounce by by Fragapane. So you know, go check it out. It's it, it's fun. It will bias you to see all these failed attempts to play it out the back and you just thinking it's like, you should never do it. And so you need to temper that with some highlights of when teams do it really well, just so you can know that it doesn't always end in failure, but it is a fun, it is a fun handle to follow. Yeah. Uh, All right. Let's move on. Um, And I, I just, I'm going to, I want to bring it up. I, MJ, you were in the stadium. Um, I was. Yes, just you were not. So I'm not sure if you heard this, but uh, there was a uh, fuck you Stuver chance that Why? emanated from the Wonder Wall. Exactly. I, there's, there's been some Twitter, there's been some Twitter discourse about it. I'm not. I don't, I refuse to wade in to the Twitter discourse. I just want to say, I think it was, I was upset with it when it happened. Um, I turned and looked and see where it was coming from. I noticed where it was coming from. And that's all I'm going to say about the thing. Uh, it was, I think, unacceptable for, you know, for, uh, I mean, one of the things about the Minnesota, the, the Wonderwall, Minnesota supporters, and I've had, I've talked to, Supporters all across the country, everybody has nothing but good things to say about the Minnesota Wonderwall, like the Wonderwall, the supporters groups, things like that. Like our traveling supporters are great. Um, There's just a few bad apples and that just keep getting to be able to do shit. And I'm just I'm it's so frustrating. And (laughs) I'm not I mean, I'm in a position to do something and even I don't think I can do anything which is really also like doubly fucking frustrating for me personally so um anyways so if you if you if you heard that if you heard that chance um please uh know that the days I know does not support that at all 
we are totally fine with swearing if you're fucking clever about it and not just being a dick and like and especially if you're gonna be clever about it um if you're not gonna be clever about it at least don't if, if it's david ochoa okay i'll give you that one fuck, <laughs> fuck ochoa okay cool but okay. don't don't yell don't chant fuck you uh stuver to one of the nicest most progressive dudes in the fucking league like that guy does not he do don't that. need your shit and funnily enough after the game he he clapped the wonder wall he was super he was super nice um i'm guessing he probably never even heard it but it was definitely very loud in the in the section i was and i was near the goal i was literally right on the the first row so also, I heard it let's be more descriptive. Like, I don't like fuck you, Stuver. Like I, I, that gives me nothing to go on. You just could be a hate monger or that's, no, that's what they could, are. They're, well, they're the people chanting it are hate mongers. Right. Right. Well, clearly, but I'm just saying, like, if you have, if you want to take issue with anyone, take it, take issue, but don't fucking chant it in a, unsportsmanlike conduct yeah this harks back to when the sounders came to town and i believe maybe not the exact same group of people but from the same part of the wonder wall came fuck seattle mm. um, yeah clap 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 fuck seattle um and uh what seattle do to us well I mean, they, they did a they're lot terrible of they did a lot of things Justin- stuff, but 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 that's that one I can I can that one I can maybe yeah, but, I can maybe maybe allow no, but we well, didn't say fuck no, you Seattle like, Sounders we just said fuck you Seattle that's different fuck Seattle no, yeah I I, I want to say that there's this um there was this time when going around in MLS when there was a cheer fuck you asshole, clap, 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 clap. And oh. someone tried to bring that to the NASL and the, the National Sports Center. And, you know, very quickly, most of us in the dark cloud section did not join in. You know, we did not amplify that. And mm-hmm. Bruce McGuire, uh, like I, I turned to look at him and, and he was visibly upset. And was like, yeah, there's no need for that. I was like, does someone need to talk to him? He's like, we'll 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 pull him aside at halftime. <coughs> um, I would say that there have been people that have tried to <coughs> on, and again, it's not the cussing. Like <laughs> the the Wonder Wall is is no longer this family friendly. We we don't espouse that, but the idea that our chance should be held to a, a standard of creativity and fun, you know, and yeah. not just this aggro first thing that comes to your mind um, out of anger. And it just feels good to say like, that's kind of stupid. And um, I'm sure some people have tried to pull some of the members who start these chants aside and talk to them, but um, I can't speak to that. Yeah. I would say I had so many um, really good Harry Potter uh, chants that we were doing that were just overpowered by because Brad Stuber loves Harry Potter, by the See, way. That's creative. In the, in the future, um, he loves Harry Potter. So that's creative. do that. That's like, that's way more 
uh, yeah, m- way more fun than just uh, chanting. You do get points for creativity, like a yeah. lot of. If you read, if you read I'll my just... goalkeeper article um, on Soda Soccer, I think Jim Oliver has this really good quote about if you're just cussing at a guy, they can tune that out. But if you get stuff about them specifically from their life, like that gets into their head. Yeah, no, for sure. And that's why we were trying to do it. And then all of a sudden there was these dickheads Ooh, doing again. this thing. Yeah. Um, I, I will just, I will also say uh, in spite of, in spite of that, in spite of that stupid ass chant, the atmosphere at Allianz was uh, off the fucking charts. It was playoff atmosphere. It was loud as shit in, in, in Allianz. And I, that's just, that's so like great. I'm so excited. Um, I think, I, I think the team just continues to underestimate how fucking great the supporters are. Yeah. And which is frustrating to me because uh, we can bring that every game. If they, if they bring the product to make that worth its while. So uh, yeah, so it was just I'm I'm excited for this these next four home games. I mean, obviously it sucks that they're you know some of them are day games. I mean, it doesn't suck for me because I can bring my kids. Uh, um, but those seven o'clock uh, Saturday night games are are legit in terms of like it's like maximum. I think people have had enough to drink and yep. are just willing to yell and scream for two hours. Uh, so. We'll see what happens on Saturday against Houston and then the following Saturday against uh, FC Dallas. But uh, yeah, I'm if this is how the Allianz will be rocking for home games, like, yeah, let's fucking go, man. I, I have immense faith in their team at that and point. Be there. <clears throat> Jess, the only thing that would have made it louder on Saturday is if you were there. Being the Just badass, a, a scotch, a scotch louder. The, being the badass that that you are, it, you know, it would have been fun to hear your voice, but that was the only thing that would have made it what louder. But we probably would have lost. Let's be honest. Um, I had a fun time being in Dan Wade's seats. Thank you, Dan Wade, for uh, D Wade. Yeah, for giving me a spot to watch the game very close to uh, John Gallagher, John Gallagher from Ireland who went to Notre Dame. And so he played for the Fighting Irish. And so I continually asked him questions on being Irish and playing for the Fighting Irish. And if he liked the Notre Dame's portrayal of, of his culture and uh, did, what did he think of the mascot? And it, you know, it, one time after I did this, he passed the ball right to Kervin Ariaga. So I'm, Dan Wade says I should get an interception stat credit. <laughs> but thanks, Dan Wade. <laughs> Friend of the pod. Yes, definitely. Math for uh, life. You know who you are, throwing gang signs. Uh all right. Freddie Adews. Um, let's be quick. I have uh Fragapane as my uh good Freddie Adu, and my shitty Freddie Adu is Kervin Ariaga, who Honestly, I think he picked up so a knock in the first half and was never right after that. But he had a particularly bad game uh, for this team on uh, Saturday night. MJ, who you got? Uh, my good friend who goes to Robin Lude, who both defensively did what he needed to do 
in containing uh, uh, Driussi and also offensively, he helped spring a lot of attacks. Um, it was really nice to see basically everybody on that left side seemingly being on the same page as far as springing the counterattacks off that left side. And that was, we're talking Lou, DJ Taylor, Debassy. Um, but yeah, Robin Lude gets my good Freddie Adu. My shitty Freddie Adu, um, yeah, uh, I, I hate to say it, uh, but like, it's going to be bongy. And he was doing so many good things out there as far as being in the right spot on the attack, looking for the right he was not just shooting and he wasn't just running that he would get the ball and he was looking to pass, but so many of his passes were with his head down instead of his head up. And so they didn't go to the right direction or to the right player. And so we lost some attacking chances and a lot of that's just an experience. I get it. But that was what stuck out to me were that so many of our counterattacks were kind of cut short because of Bongi's inexperience. All right, uh, Jess, hot or not? Um, so admittedly, I didn't attend the game. I just got to the Blackheart at 8.30 and watched the what was remaining of the second half there. I like, I'm getting used to seeing Benitez's bald, beautiful head on the pitch. And at this rate, I might have to start singing like, I wish I was Benny's girl or something like that. I don't know. I'm still, I'm still spitballing. So uh, DM me your ideas. That is the briefest hot or not I can manage. All right. Um, so Minnesota United FC 2 played last night. Uh, they drew 1-1 with the Real Monarchs, which is RSL's. Uh, MLS next pro team. Uh, they won three to one on penalties though. Uh, Kimiguchi got a 40 minute header goal to uh bring the uh the tie to a draw, which is uh some English vernacular there for you. Um, and then no goals in the second half. Alex Smear, our goalie wars winner, made three straight saves in the uh penalty shootout just to, yeah. to secure an extra point. The tunes are still alive in the playoff race. They are, I think are four or five points away from, uh, from a playoff spot. They have, I think five, five or six games left. Uh, I think three of them are against teams that are ahead of them in the playoff race. So they are very much still alive. I think their first, their game is actually the next game is against Houston in Minnesota at Allianz. I think it'll be directly after the um, Minnesota United FC Houston game. So I'm guessing you'll be able to stick around if you want to watch the uh, the tunes play as well. So definitely is, check check them out. It is not directly after, but like I think the the game is at the Loons game is at two thirty. The senior team, and then the the Bloons or Twoons play at six or something like that. Six. I think or it's. 630. I thought it was five, so I thought I was like direct, almost directly after. So no, maybe, uh, there, maybe there, not. There, are, there are a lot of media complaints, including people at Soda Soccer that are not happy at like 
yes, there are post-game interviews. Yes, there are player warm-ups and all these things that need to happen uh, and logistics. But there, there's like this two-hour gap, um, hour and a half or two-hour gap. I forget what, okay. which it is. But please, stay for both games. It'll be fun, right? Yeah. Um, yep, if you can. Houston is just one spot ahead um, in the in the Western Conference of MLS Next Pro, um, but it is seven points. So they have um, – I forget how many games remaining, but yeah. they have a, f- a few games to try to make up th- those uh, seven points and get into the playoffs. Yeah, this would be a massive six-pointer if they can get it. So um, let's go Toons or Doubloons or whatever the fuck you want to call that. Minnesota you- <laughs> MN2FC or whatever the fuck you want to call them. So, uh, all right. Finally, uh, other United news, uh, Adrian Heath and Emmanuel Reynoso were named to team of the week for MLS. Uh, good on Adrian Heath was. Yeah. For winning the game. I was a 79th win as a uh, um, Minnesota United FC manager. So. And I liked the subs he put in. We I mean, made them earlier, but to be fair, yeah, he should have made a bunch of them more earlier and probably had another at least another one. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, all right. Let's take a break. Sorry, MJ. Do you have anything else? Moons win. Heath in. We're not uh, subscribing to that statement at all. That is, not a, that is not a uh, Dave Zeno official statement. You will get the press release when that statement becomes official. So, all right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we have some Minneapolis City news. We have some go for soccer news, uh, a little bit of Aurora news. And we'll talk about that upcoming Houston Dynamo game. We'll be right back after this. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both. All right, and we are back on the Dave Zeno podcast again, episode two hundred fifty-six, and we start as we normally do with uh, the lower level soccer that we like to support and follow. Minneapolis City they had a uh, AMA at Udipils on Sunday. MJ, tell us a little bit about it. Ask me anything, and literally ask me anything. Uh, I cannot say on this pod everything that was talked about there. There are some things that are spoken out of confidence because it's a members meeting, but in attendance were chairman Dan Hudeman, uh, announcer John Bisworm and business director Sarah Schreier. Uh, Jeremiah Johnson was there, head uh, of futures coach and also does a lot kind of behind the scenes on trying to help organize them with technology and analysis and things like that. So he was there. Uh, players that were there, Aiden O'Driscoll and Nick Hutton, field the questions. And uh, all three board members that I know, Paul, Colin, and Becky were all there. So uh, it was it was a good sort of roundtable. They had a good dais up, up front. Uh, and uh, several members and, and fans were there uh, just to ask lots of questions. Most of the things that they talked about were the playing all, all three leagues this, this year, USL League 2, NBSL, and US UPSL, and learning from the mistakes of this year and what would it take for us to play all three years or all three leagues next year? Mm-hmm. Or what would it look like if we went back down to just playing two leagues? And so what are the ramifications of that? They also 
talked and field questions about the processes for making these decisions that the members would be involved, uh, both meeting-wise and more question and answer sessions like this upcoming, as well as being able to vote on major decisions, uh, which is a nice thing. Uh, what was really interesting for, for me was they talked a little bit about the timetable for trying to get their budgets in order. And so this has a huge con uh, contingency on who is in the league, right? So all the, all the leagues that they, they decide to play in, who's in them means how far do we have to travel? And what does that travel budget look like? Can we rent a couple of vans? Is this a bus? Um, is this an airplane? Whatever. The, and how many days or how many meals are we gonna account for? and so on. So that was interesting to hear. And then also kind of like, if there are more farther distant uh, teams, that means that away attendance for those games are usually going to be down, right? Like there are gonna be less people traveling away from those locations to come to games and uh, contribute. So uh, yeah, there were a lot of interesting budget things. Uh, and I would just encourage, if you are interested in this sort of behind the scenes stuff, uh, become a member of Minneapolis City, and then you can go to these meetings. Or if you want to reach out to me, my DMs are open. Yeah, for sure. Unfortunately, I was not able to make this meeting. I was uh, volunteering with the silver lining over at the Central Honors Philando event. Um, so, but I, I went to a meeting like this a week and a half ago. And one of the things I brought up, actually, honestly, was just like, uh, and another person brought it up first was like, hey, what's can we when there's and I, MJ, I think you might actually been the person who brought it up was like when there's games, two games in the city at the same time, you have to pick and choose between yeah the NPSL and the USL two. And then I then I think my whole point was like, well, I would love to be able to like rent a bus to go to fucking, you know, Stillwater and yeah. do a, a, you know, a Minneapolis city bus uh death crow bus or something um so there's you and i think those are things are well received by the people who are making these decisions and so um to mj's point i really encourage people this is you can't really unless you are very high up in minnesota united you can't make these decisions or you're like you are really involved in one of the sgs like you don't really get to make a ton of decisions you can be a person who just loves soccer and can get very involved in making um, decisions for a club. If you like Minneapolis city or Aurora or what, you know, whatever, like those are the opportunities for people who, you know, maybe you just want to get their, their feet wet with helping out with soccer stuff. Is that a fair point? And MJ? If you just want to feel a, a deeper connection to a club. Um, I, I find it enjoyable uh, you don't have to be a board member. Um, the, those are people that do a lot more work behind the scenes, but you know, you can be involved as far as decisions and understanding information. And it's been a joy for me these last few years. I, I have not had to put a lot of extra work or extra time that I wouldn't have uh, had otherwise into being more involved with this club. And uh to David's point, there you just can't get something like this at the MSL MLS level. That's true. Right. Speaking of um, lower level soccer, uh, 
Gopher Soccer kicked off their season this this week, uh, Thursday, August 18th at Baylor with a 1-1 draw. Me and Mark Pravatsky watched this game at the bar with um, our friend, mutual friend, Jason, MJ. He was there. Uh, there awesome. Was a, there was a rain delay for like 90 minutes. I was in the middle of a conference call actually when the game was theoretically supposed to start. So I was sitting at the bar, um, just sitting there, you know, having uh soda water, having my conference call. And uh, then that's like the, the, I think the Thursdays is when the swingers group comes in. So there's a bunch of swingers that were coming in and we're like, Hey, are you, or is it cool for like, we're behind you? I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah no, no. It's fine. I'm just I'm on the, I'm on this call. It, it doesn't matter. Um, so eventually, I was able to get my, get off my call. Like right about probably like 20 minutes after my call was over, that's when the game actually kicked off. It was supposed to kick off when they get like 7:30, and um, I think it ended up kicking off at like 8:30 or something like that. My call my call went for a little while. So um, drew one one with Baylor, good team down in Texas. Uh, MJ goal was a, a pretty good goal, right? Yeah, it was off of a set piece and. Uh, I forget, I think Bowman was involved as well as uh, McKenna Beisman on kind of the recycling of this corner kick. And it gets to Kaya Harper and she just hits this banger from the the right side. It goes to the left-ish corner and hits the crossbar and bounces down behind the line. Um, Just a, a beautiful goal. Um, and they they end up leaving with one one draw. It, considering, I would say Baylor is, without looking at the RPIs, Baylor's probably ranked higher than Minnesota, uh, probably not by much. But they've played well against them these last few seasons. So nice to continue that trend of of getting a result and getting a draw at Baylor. And yep. then Sunday they played nationally ranked seventh in the country ranked uh, Texas Christian University. Um, <laughs> they went up one, nothing. Uh, and I saw that. I watched that goal live at the black card, actually, after the uh, Philando Castile. Um, I didn't, I did not watch this event. goal. So do you, do it you was, want to say anything about this goal? It was from uh, Sophia Romine to uh, McKenna Beisman. McKenna Beisman, who, um, McKenna, who does not spell her name, you have it in, in the notes wrong. It's M C lowercase K E N N A. It's not. There's not a uppercase K, as far as I, the the broadcast, the ESPN broadcast did. Uh, anyways, uh, it was it was so so Sophia Romine um just found it was a turnover probably like it was in uh, TCU's half. Um, Romine found McKenna running um on the left. And she just slotted it home. It was like just an absolutely gorgeous goal uh, from McKenna Beisman. Um, so kind of a quick one-two punch? It, it pretty much, yeah. It, it, yeah, it was definitely like against, I don't know, it was, I would say it was against the run of play. Uh, TCU was pretty much dominating lots of the facets of the game. But Minnesota had some great chances uh, earlier on in the game that I saw. Um, the... Uh, the U of M goalkeeper made some amazing saves. Megan and then Plash- I, Megan Plashko, yes, correct. And then I She's left. Phenomenal. In, I left in like the 80th minute. I was like, oh, it's one nothing. Worst case scenarios, they it's a one one draw. And then I opened up uh, Twitter at like nine o'clock at night on Sunday <laughs> and saw that they had lost two to one. And I 
Mark Pravatsky, um, who had been bartending, and so we were watching we were watching the game together. And uh, I texted him. I was like, "What the fuck, man? What happened?" So they had they TCU scored two goals, one goal in the eighth minute, and then another goal, a goal in stoppage time. So to give TCU a two-one victory over the Gophers. Yeah, eighty-five minutes of of a clean sheet and you know a good one-nil uh, being ahead. 88 minutes of a clean sheet. Give, give yeah, them, and give so them three it's all kind of goes to shit at the end. Uh, so, yeah, they, they will need to figure out a way how to play a full 90 minutes uh, as, you know, teams need to do. I will say, um, TCU, TCU was the better team for most of the game that oh, I saw. for sure. They're nationally ranked. It's Yeah. Like, yeah. The U played well they they held their own and and the, the announcers because we, we had the the sound on at the bar as well and the announcers were were very um they were very impressed by how the u was doing the u held their own against a nationally i i said top 10 nationally ranked team and they just you know they just gave it up at the end which happens honestly it, it happens so but they have a chance to bounce back really quickly here. Uh, Minnesota hosts their home opener against Cal Poly on Thursday, the 25th at 7 p.m. at Elizabeth Lyle Robbie Stadium at the ELR. Um, it's 6 p.m. 6 p.m.? Okay, sorry. 6 p.m. at the ELR. If you're not familiar with that, that's at, it's at Cleveland and uh, Larpenter, basically. Um, it's a it's one of the best stadiums in the city in, in terms of watching a soccer, like pitch is great. Uh, it's one, it's a one-sided section. So um, it's really cool. I highly encourage people to go. You can get season ticket for $45 for the nine games that they have at home. Or if you want to buy individual tickets, they're nine bucks. Is it online and in person or do I they charge more online, in person? I'm guessing it's, it's 10 bucks at the door, but it, okay. it, it it could be nine bucks at the door. Okay. It tends to change from year to year. So, yep. Um, and, th- and then they go to Mississippi State uh, on Sunday for, uh, for a game against at Mississippi State at 1 30. Um, the, the Baylor and TCU game were both on ESPN. Plus. I would assume that Cal Poly and Mississippi State game will both be on ESPN, Plus, but who the hell knows? Um, I didn't look that up. So, yeah. Uh, so, I don't know offhand uh, because some of the games are on Big Ten Plus, and so the games that are on Big Ten Plus, I don't know ESPN's uh, relationship with that as far as broadcast rights. However, I do want to say I cannot make it to the Go for Home opener this Thursday, which is super sad. But um, we should pick a day for a Dave's at Elizabeth Lau Robbie Stadium so that we all go and can watch some great w- women's soccer. Oh, 100%. Um, plus, I, I, I've, I've got on good authority that the uh, BTN Plus login will be at the Blackheart. So if you want to, if there's a game going on, you want to watch the game, I'm guessing they'll be able to log into the game, assuming there's a a good bartender on tap. So let's put it that way. Uh, all right. Minnesota Aurora. Um, speaking of uh, pre-professional soccer. Women's soccer, local women's soccer. Uh, last Wednesday, Minnesota announced that coach Nicole Lukic will be coming back for next season. She was 11 wins, one draw, undefeated in the regular season. 
won two games in the playoffs, made it all the way to the final before losing to South Georgia Tormenta, blah, blah, blah. But very successful inaugural year. Nicole Lukic was a part of that success, and I am happy to see her being rehired. Yeah, it's very cool that they're bringing her back. Um, they, it looks like they have a lot of uh, recruiting to do, obviously. So, so there's we have one confirmed um, professional signing, and I've heard from uh, people that I trust that there's at least two other professional people, professional women's players who will be, who will be signing, um, uh, you know, professional contracts. So that's pretty cool too. Yeah, so great on them. And then I, you know, for the, for the children, for the kids, there's going to be a mascot reveal. So there was a mascot. Uh, I think it was a naming illustration illustration competition thing anyways they're revealing the mascot on august 28th at the state fair during the minnesota state fair parade that's on that's this coming sunday um if yeah so there will be a bunch of supporters the uh the will be there sounds like there's gonna be drums and trombones and things like that so if you are interested in, some horns. yeah, if you uh, are interested in learning a little bit more about the uh, it, and there's and they they just put out a video on their web on their Twitter uh, today um, with basically you can see the feet of the of the, um, the new mascot and mascot was wearing pretty cool shoes. Not going to lie. Shoes were looking pretty fly. So. Um, hopefully they can, you know, they can make some, some shoes going forward. So, um, so yeah, so that is, uh, your Minnesota Aurora, uh, news for the week. And then let's finish up with some Minnesota United against Houston Dynamo. This game is taking place on two thirty on Saturday. Uh, yeah, the 27th. Uh I will be there with uh with my two children presumably. Um and yeah, I don't know. Like what do you guys Houston is not good. Let's say it say it right there. They do have Darwin Quintero, which is the other other thing. So MJ, are there any other particular players that you are interested about Houston or people that we should be looking out for as Minnesota United fans. Uh, they have a couple designated players that I want to mention. Uh, midfielder, box box midfielder, uh, Hector Herrera. Uh, he mm-hmm. loves to make loons look silly with his dribbling and passing. He just, he, loves- he just, he just came in early, like right when the Minnesota United played because Minnesota played Houston. What was like less than a month ago, right? Yes. I Hector, remember, but... Yeah, Hector Herr had just come in for for Houston as a as a designated player. So you, you are correct. Yes. Um. But yeah, he looks good. He looks like a designated player. He controls the ball well. So someone to watch out for. Uh, someone very much similar to if they can, can contain him like they contained Alex Ring. Uh, it, for for Austin, 
that other Texas team, uh, we should do well. Also, they have a striker from Paraguay, um, just like we have a striker from Paraguay uh, named uh, Sebastian Ferreira. And he scored against Colorado this past weekend in a one-one uh, draw. Um, He's no Luis Amaria, though. He is. He is not. They they do have. Um, I mean, Fafa Picol, who keeps yeah yeah who keeps jumping around this league, and <laughs> I have no fucking idea where he is at any given time. But he's on Houston right now, so there is that. And then, uh, as I mentioned, former the- Tampa Bay Rowdies, Fafa Picol. <laughs> Yeah. Former Fort Lauderdale strikers, Fafa Pico. And that dude, that dude has been the fucking bane of Minnesota's existence for a long fucking time. FC St. Pauli, Fafa Pico. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's got um, quite, quite the career. Yeah. I also say uh, they have another Darwin, Darwin Saren. You mentioned, I think you mentioned Darwin yeah. Saren. Um, no, I did not. Saren. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, Quintero, obviously. Uh, will definitely want to try and score against Minnesota if he possibly can. Uh, and then, um, yeah, I mean, Herrera is the, the, the big piece there. And I, I, think, I, I think he's, uh, you know, a, a top 10 midfielder in the league um, on a shitty club. Yeah. And they play a 4-2-3-1. They put a very similar system to Minnesota United. Um the I mean thing about this game is that we are just a much, much better team than Houston. And so we definitely should not drop points, especially at home. Houston, like we should definitely Listen, I, I predicted a two one against Austin and we won two one. So I you know I think I'm on a on a on a one game streak here that needs to continue. All right. So I I think uh, Loons win three nothing. MJ, who you got? I think this is going to be a goal fest, and the Loons win four two. All right, Jess. I'm going to have to be pessimistic, particularly because I probably won't be there. And I, you know, Heath could miss step in his rotation if he does rotate any, or we could like worst case scenario he doesn't rotate and then we see an injury i'm gonna say a 2-2 draw just the weight of the universe is now balanced fair enough fair enough um all right i so i want to throw this out to all the uh dave's i know folks um i think i put this out on my personal twitter at texas seller uh uh fantasy camp i'm not sure if people are familiar i have no idea what this is minnesota united fc used to do fantasy camp where they they would bring you in they give you like the team like a team jersey uh you have do some training some stretching things like that and then you play a game uh, it's like against, my worst nightmare well against other other fans and, and there there'd be some players that would be there there'd be some like alumni i think buzz lagos played in a lot of them um manny maybe probably played a few of them um they're and they're not they're never and maybe tony's like they're never playing very hard they're just playing they're you know they're not there to try and fuck you up but uh it doesn't take much Zeller. joe joe leba and uh neil logan and i were chatting on twitter last week and we're like 
why the fuck do we need to do fantasy camp? So I created a uh, Google form uh, for the idea of doing a fantasy camp. Um, I don't need the team involved. Uh, I think between, you know, this podcast, some of uh, friends of this podcast, people that we know in the community, we could probably get, uh, I think probably could talk to Tony and do it at Conway or do it somewhere. Um, we don't need a ton of people, but if you're interested in being part of a loons fantasy camp, this, I'm guessing this is probably gonna be in the spring of next year, not this fall. I think, I don't think we can get everything together. Uh, I have a, I have a Google form. If you go to, uh, I'll, and I'll try to tweet it out again from the Dave's I know, yeah. but, I'll, but also if you go to, if you just scroll through my feed at Texas LR, you can, you can probably find it pretty easily. Um, because I, I want to know people are interested and in how much they'd be willing to pay. Uh, some people might, are willing to pay nothing and they just want to do it, which is cool. Um, but we also, Matt Van Ockel, uh retweeted it when I mentioned that we could maybe get Matt Van Ockel and Kentaro Takata if we you know are able to pay their airfares into, uh, into the cities. So if people are willing to pay, um, I know a lot of you have some money. If you're willing to pay some extra money, We'll be able to like fly people in for this, like former Minnesota United, Minnesota Stars, Minnesota Thunder legends, um, amongst other other folks. So go to my go to my Twitter feed. I'll, I'll definitely make sure to repost it from the Dave's I Know account. It's I'm I have something I really, really want to do. And so I'm I'm now in addition to my, you know, almost now full time job, I'm organizing a fantasy camp. So just to be clear, is this going to be like a camp where we're doing shooting drills and passing drills and dribbling drills, or is this going to be more like a game for fun? It'll be like a day of yes, you'll you'll Tony Sana will walk you through how to uh, how to cross a ball or something, and then mostly it'll be a, a pickup game. But people want to pay like jerseys. Yeah. We, we could like get like jerseys, like customized jerseys and things like that. Like I know. <laughs> I love custom. I know Dustin over at Talisman. I'm sure he'd be able to, he would be interested in, in participating, but also helping us with, with uh, um, merchandise and things like that. So it's, it's, we don't know what it's going to be. Jason Mora. Or Jason just, Mora. Are you into it or what? No. So MJ, the big thing is like, I'm just trying to gauge whether people are fucking interested in this and like how much yeah. of my time and emotional energy I should put into it. Um, because I really want to do it and I definitely would, would sit down with Jason and like design fucking jerseys and shit like that. Um, this definitely interesting sit to down. you listeners, please reach out to us. Yes. Uh, you can slide into my DMS at Texas seller. I'm my DMS are wide open. Um, we'll I would definitely the Google form, right? I would love to sit down. Yeah. I will, I will sit down with Jason. I'll sit down with, uh, Dustin and get uh fucking merch and shit put together for this. Um, make this a bigger thing because the team's not doing it anymore. So I, you know, fuck if I know. So anyways, um, all right, please rate review our podcast, wherever you get it. Uh, Patreon.com slash Dave's. I know at TDIKM on Twitter, uh, Zeller. I'm at Texas Zeller. Um, if you, if you're interested in the, uh, in the potential or you have friends who are like send them my way, I'll try to retweet this from my personal account, but also, from the Dave's I know account, the, the form that I have to just collect address, like not address, but just email addresses and phone numbers. So I 
can reach out to people. MJ at, is at MJ Matsui and Jess is at Jessica one four four zero eight three nine or two. We've been the days you know. This, this is the day I know. New. No. Right. Thanks, everybody. Try and work it out because we both know we can't do nothing at all. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 Paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. We